98K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. Tonight's headlines. Residents of a building in Chimchachoy are evacuated to quarantine after a woman tests positive for a COVID variant. The head of the Equalities Watchdog says mandatory tests for helpers are not discriminatory, but rights groups aren't having it. And the recession is officially over, but experts say Hong Kong isn't out of the woods yet. Residents of a building in Chimchachoy are being evacuated tonight amid alarm about a suspected case of a mutant COVID-19 strain. Natalie Cheng reports. Workers in protective gear arrived in Beauty Mansion in Kimberley Road at about 9 o'clock, ushering residents of the 40 flats onto transport to be taken to quarantine centres. Officials took action after a 28-year-old woman resident tested preliminary positive for the N501Y variant on Sunday. The case is being treated as imported. The patient arrived on a flight from India last month and spent 21 days in hotel quarantine before returning to her home on the 25th. She went to hospital the next day but tested negative for COVID-19, then took another test at a community centre on Friday. That test proved inconclusive and she was admitted to hospital, where she tested positive both for the virus and for COVID antibodies. The head of the Equal Opportunities Commission has rejected suggestions that requiring foreign domestic helpers to get tested for COVID-19 amounts to discrimination. Ricky Chu insists the policy targets a profession, not a race, and it cannot be compared with the treatment of expatriates over the Ursus Jim cluster earlier. I think the comparison is wrong in principle because pandemic prevention measures focusing on a particular group should be based on the evidence available showing that that group is of a certain high risk i.e. the measures must be commensurate to the risk. So we are not going to uh, compare different groups because the risks they face are different. So the measures are bound to be different. The Asian Migrants Coordinating Body insists foreign domestic helpers are being unfairly targeted by the government. The group submitted a petition to the EOC today demanding action. Shringarton is a spokeswoman for the group. First of all, they know the nationality of the migrant domestic worker is Indonesia, Philippines, Thai, Nepal, Bangladesh, some of India and Sri Lanka, and the biggest number is Indonesia and Philippines. So I think the comment is not based on the reality in Hong Kong, that in Hong Kong is so many community nationality in Hong Kong. Singling out one community and the majority is from ASEAN, you know, I mean, it's still discrimination. A Chinese university business academic says that reopening Hong Kong's borders will be key to maintaining economic growth after official figures confirmed its recession is over after a year and a half. Simon Lee's comments came after the SAR reported better than expected growth of 7.8% in the first quarter. Even with the strong figures, he says concerns about the recovery remain. The most important variable is the opening of the border between Shenzhen and Macau and also some of the successful implementation of the travel bubble, like between Singapore and particular Taiwan and uh, Bangkok and, and also Japan as well. Because uh, the opening of the border uh, with Shenzhen and Macau means that there will be a lot of economic activities, uh, such as the retailing, such as uh, professional service. If the border remains closed, I don't think uh, we will see a significant increase. We need to wait for the full recovery after maybe several quarters. 
Earlier, the Monetary Authority's chief executive, Eddie Yu, expressed concern that the fact just 12% of people here are vaccinated could threaten the SAR's status as a financial hub. Mr Yu says central bankers are discussing vaccination rates as a way to achieve a full economic recovery. If the vaccination rate in Hong Kong does not come up, think about it in future. If there should be more travel bubbles that will be established and created between the international financial centres like New York, London, Singapore. But if Hong Kong's vaccination rate is not high enough and it's left out, if you were a regional executive sitting in Hong Kong running the regional business in Hong Kong without being able to fly around in Asia, or fly back to your headquarters for reporting, will you think about, hey, should I remain in Hong Kong or should I move to another centre? Former legislator Lam Chik Cheng says he has resigned as vice chairman of the Democratic Party. He's been in custody since February after being charged under the national security law and says someone else should help the party's leadership. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is exactly five minutes past 11. The government has been accused of creating its own version of history after RTHK announced it's begun removing items that are older than 12 months from YouTube. The public broadcaster insisted it's in line with its policy, but Bruce Loy, a journalism lecturer at the Baptist University, doesn't buy that argument. The authorities now, they are trying very hard to create its own version of uh, history to portray uh, some very controversial um, events in, in Hong Kong. For example, uh, they will uh, describe the uh, anti-extradition bill uh, movement as the black violence uh, in Hong Kong. And I also observed that some publisher that is backed by Beijing uh, publish those uh, materials portraying uh, the event uh, by omitting some very important incidents, for example, the attack of uh, 21st of July uh, in the Yunlong station. Meanwhile, RTHK staff union says the station is not renewing the contract of journalist Nabella Kosa, who enraged pro-government figures with tough questioning of officials during the 2019 social unrest. She'll leave at the end of the month. RTHK says it won't comment on individual cases. Meanwhile, journalists think that press freedom in the SAR is in the worst situation on record, according to a journalist association poll of more than 350 reporters. Besides the survey's main freedom index, respondents were also concerned about matters such as self-censorship and legal protection for the media. Association head Chris Young says he expects worse to come. We are only at the very beginning stage of a hardened approach by the government to ring in the media, aiming to erode or severely weaken the power of the media as a watchdog. Examples that I cite, say, a search of public data and plan to legislate on fake news. Former Kowloon City District Councillor Timothy Lee has become the latest pro-democracy politician to leave Hong Kong after the national security law came into force last year. Timmy Sung reports. Timothy Lee wrote on his social media pages that he was already overseas, but didn't spell out where. He says the regime has been closing in, and the political and legal purge against the city's pro-democracy camp and protesters has not stopped. Even taking part in an election can be a crime of endangering national security, he said. 
referring to charges of subversion levelled against 47 pro-democracy figures over a primary that was held prior to the cancelled LegCo elections in 2020. He was also arrested over election expenses but wasn't charged. He says that leaving the home I was born and raised is a sorrowful last resort, adding that he feels shame and regret, but people must carry on believing in Hong Kong. I'm not sure of where I next head to, but I'm certain that Hong Kong is and will be my only home, regardless of my physical location, he said. He was unseated from his Kowloon City District Council seat in March after the High Court ruled that he was unduly elected, as he did not have the proof that he was supported by certain pro-democracy figures as claimed in election advertisements. He has also resigned from the Standing Committee of the Convocation of the Chinese University a little over a week after he was elected. After the national security law came into force on June 30th last year, a number of pro-democracy activists and politicians have left Hong Kong, including Nathan Law, Sunny Zheng, Ted Ho and Dennis Kwok. Top microbiologist Yun Kwok-young says the government should check whether outsourced workers collected samples for coronavirus tests properly, warning it could be one of the loopholes in the SAR's quarantine measures. Wendy Wong has a story. Professor Yun's comment comes after a foreign domestic helper who had no recent travel history came down with a mutated strain of COVID-19. Tests showed the virus contracted by her is genetically identical to that found in a man who flew in from Dubai. The top microbiologist said rapid contact tracing is needed to prevent another wave of infections. We must do very good rapid multi-layer contact tracing to understand how this Dubai man gives the virus into somebody and then finally reach the Filipino made in Dongchong. We must understand the whole process in order that we can stop it from spreading in the community first. Second is we want to learn the lesson. How come there is still a hole, there is a leak in our quarantine measures? Professor Yun added that improper sampling by outsourced testing firms may lead to false negative test results, adding that officials should double-check the samples. One big problem is that staff might not have properly collected samples for nasal pharyngeal tests. On the mainland, the swab is inserted far into the nasal cavity. It is quite uncomfortable. But in Hong Kong, the swab is not inserted far enough, he said. Meanwhile, Chinese university expert David Ho said there are no signs of a major outbreak so far, thanks to a wide ranging of anti-epidemic measures still in place. He urged people not to let their guard down. The hospital authority is warning that waiting times for services at public hospitals are likely to be even longer than usual, as healthcare staff try to clear a backlog of patients that has built up over the course of the coronavirus pandemic. Wendy Wong again. Non-emergency services have been repeatedly suspended and postponed over the past 18 months, with hospitals reserving manpower and facilities for COVID-19 patients. But with the number of local infections now hovering at a low level, the head of the hospital authority, Tony Koh, told their annual convention that staff can now return to focusing on the regular services. I'm very happy to tell you our service have by now largely resumed to our usual levels. Nonetheless, the numbers of previous service suspensions has inevitably created additional burdens to our already long waiting time. Speaking at the same event, Chief Executive Carrie Lam praised the courage and dedication of medical workers in the fight against the pandemic. But she accused some healthcare staff of spreading misinformation and politicizing the government's efforts to fight the disease. Despite that public safety is at stake, a small group of people 
have repeatedly sought to undermine our anti-epidemic efforts, including distorting the purpose of the Universal Community Testing Program last September or slandering mainland vaccines. Mrs Lam said the government had countered these efforts by being highly transparent about the work and her administration will try to promote understanding so trust can be restored. Police in Germany say they've shut down one of the world's largest networks for sharing images of child abuse on the dark net. In an international operation that's also involved law enforcement agencies in the Netherlands, Sweden, Australia, the US and Canada. The BBC's Danny Abelard reports. Germany's Federal Criminal Police say this huge worldwide network was used to share explicit images and video, mainly of boys, and included the most serious sexual abuse of young children. They say it had been operating since at least June 2019 and included two chat rooms and channels in different languages. The four suspects were arrested in the middle of last month and are all German men between the ages of 40 and 64. Three are believed to have run the network, two in Germany and one in Paraguay. Moves to extradite the latter suspect are underway. The fourth man, who's from Hamburg, is said to have been one of the network's most active users. A temporary travel ban between India and Australia begins today, with penalties of up to five years in prison for anyone who tries to flout it. The BBC's Shaima Khalil is in Sydney. Critics have described the government's move as immoral and un-Australian. But senior ministers have defended the ban, saying it was based on expert medical advice and done to protect Australians. The Foreign Minister Maurice Payne said 57% of the positive cases in quarantine had been arrivals from India, risking a significant burden on health and medical services in states and territories. The Prime Minister Scott Morrison said his goal was to get repatriation flights from India back as soon as it was safe to do so. Experts say the decision has raised serious questions about an Australian citizen's right to return home. The tech giant Apple faces one of the most important court cases in its history shortly as it takes on a software developer over the future of its app store. Epic Games, makers of the popular Fortnite, accuse Apple of being anti-competitive. The BBC's James Clayton explains. Apple charges fees to developers of up to 30% for the privilege of being on the App Store. Apple's App Store and Google's Google Play are dominant on smartphones outside of China. Epic Games says the two companies have a stranglehold on smartphone gaming and charge extortionate fees to developers. Apple is thought to have made hundreds of millions of dollars just from Epic's hit game Fortnite. Apple argues the charges are reasonable, that other gaming platforms charge similar rates, and that it spends billions of dollars vetting apps. The headlines again. The residents of a building in Chimchachoy are evacuated to quarantine. The head of the Equalities Watchdog says mandatory tests for helpers are not discriminatory, and the recession is officially over, but experts say Hong Kong isn't out of the woods yet. The news from RGHK. Yeah. Oh. 
Started for the late show, the second hour that is for this Monday, the 3rd of May. Fleetwood Mac, go your own way. I'm Simon Wilson sitting in for Uncle Ray. Instead of All the Way with Ray, it's Some of the Way with Simon with music of the 50s through 80s for the next ooh, 20 minutes or 50, oh, 11 minutes then, yeah, till 11.30. Then we're going to slow things down. We've got assorted ballads and easy listening to take us all the way through till 1 with, of course, a hint of that late night nostalgia. Get your requests in, 233-88266. Coming up, we've got some Westlife, ABBA, Fleetwood Mac. Oh, we've done them. Harry Nilsson, winners. But right now, Wang Chung. Remember this one from the 80s, absolute floor filler. Great idea. Everyone have fun tonight. Yeah. 